From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. It is a bright and sunny day here in New Orleans, and we hope this finds you well wherever you may be. Welcome into the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly, and greetings from our Smoothie King Center studios today, where the Pelicans will wrap up the season. Believe it or not, they'll wrap it up tonight against the Houston Rockets, and I think many people are still buzzing about the big win on Monday over the Oklahoma City Thunders. So hopefully that momentum can, can carry into tonight as they look to beat another team that they've yet to uh, take down this season in Houston. I would imagine that Houston probably rests some guys uh, tonight. We'll see, though. We may see a Howard. We may see Harden. But I think the playoff picture is pretty much set. The Pelicans uh, still have some things that they'd like to work through. Uh, maybe uh, just the simple fact of going out on two straight wins at home would be uh, a nice goal to have here at the very end. Uh, and again, we'll see what Tyreek Evans has for us tonight as he's coming off of a career-high 41 on Monday. We'll preview the ball game tonight here on this Wednesday, or should I say Wesley Day, uh, with David Wesley. He'll make his usual Wednesday stop here in studio with us, and we'll talk to him about not only tonight's game, but kind of the season in general as we wind things down here with game number 82. Also today, on the football side, we'll continue our NFL Draft Preview Series with Michael Eisen of Giants.com, the New York Giants. The G-Men have the 12th pick in the first round of the NFL Draft, and we'll talk to Michael about where the Giants stand this offseason and what they might or might not do with uh, number 12 on May the 8th. So keep that in mind. Uh, don't forget tomorrow, our last edition of the Monty Williams Show. That's yours at 8 Central on WWL-FM. Uh, that'll put a kind of a wrap on the season, and we'll also have some recap stuff for you on pelicans.com here in the coming days as Jim Eichenhofer and his team are visiting with Dell Demps and others. So look for that coverage on the Pelicans team website here uh, this Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday as well. All right, so producer Dan's in place. We're ready to go. David Wesley's on tap. And then uh, Giants football, our focus a little bit later in the show. And we'll continue here from the Smoothie King Center studios in just a moment. Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as an Intergy customer. Saving energy saves you money. And the online videos at EntergySavings.com show you how. A few simple projects can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat, the Intergy videos walk you through it. Visit EntergySavings.com and start saving today. That's the power of people. Intergy. 
It's the final home game for the Pelicans, so you don't want to miss your last chance to see all-star Anthony Davis at the Smoothie King Center this season. It's our fantastic fan alley this Wednesday night against Dwight Howard, James Harden, and the Houston Rockets. The first 10,000 fans receive a team poster courtesy of Smoothie King. Tickets are still available for as low as $11, so call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. He has as many Twitter followers as Justin Bieber. It's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. All right, back here on the Black and Blue Report. Time to make it a Wesley Wednesday by inviting David Wesley in as promised here on the last day of the regular season. Uh, Some would call it starters take the day off day in the NBA, especially now that the playoff picture is set. But here at Smoothie King Center tonight, the Pelicans will put their best foot forward against the Houston Rockets and we will wrap up these 82 games. All right, David, um, is it starters take the day off in the NBA? (laughs) Is that what it's come down to? If they don't take the day off, they will take most of the day off. They will go in and they may play the first half, they may play a quarter, or they may take the complete day off. Everybody resting up and um, healing their wounds as much as possible to possibly uh, make a long end-of-the-season run. I don't think the Pelicans and other teams uh, who are not in the playoffs would be in that category, right? Um. Well, I, I think even even teams like the Pelicans, um, you know, like Anthony Davis shut down for the remainder of the season kind of thing. Uh, if they have those injuries that that have been nagging and probably needs the rest, they may go on and rest it up and get ready for the offseason. No sense in going out there and making things worse. So even in some of the guys that don't make the playoffs, some of those guys won't play. How much did the win on Monday against Oklahoma City and Tyreek Evans' performance and all that change the way that you look at today's game? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it changes the way that I look at the game. I think it, it adds to the fact that the Pelicans haven't quit. They they are playing this thing right down to the bitter end. They're playing with um, less than half their team and uh, seeing some other guys get some opportunities, maybe some guys that are are putting some thought on the minds of the Pelicans brass and teams all over uh, all over the league, uh, you know, the free agents that, that, you know, are pretty much auditioning. I think a lot of these guys have done themselves well, at least put some thought on your mind, like, can we get this out of him more often? Can we get uh, – is this him or was that just – one of those games kind of thing. So, um, you know, last game, Babbitt, last two games, Babbitt's been pretty solid, especially in crunch situations. Tyreek doing what he did, coming out, just blowing the water out of it and beating a really good Thunder team. If they win tonight, if the Pelicans beat the Rockets, which they have not done this season, uh, that would put them at, what, 34 wins, right? So, significant improvement, I guess, well, seven games better than last season. Do you would you view this season as a step forward, or is it the same as what we saw last season? Um, it's it's tough. It's tough to, to just go forward or or the same as last season, simply because, um, you know, I think the team is better than thirty four wins, so they didn't do better than thirty four wins, but they were hurt. 
and they played hard, and they were better than last year. Um, I I think that uh, I would I, I you know I remember us sitting back last summer talking about oh that's a good pickup oh that's good oh we're going to be you know x amount of games better than last year oh we're going to be relevant at the end of the season and if it wasn't for the way that they've really competed uh, towards the end of this season I'd be kind of upset you know I mean disappointed I should say not upset disappointed that that this season wasn't better because we had such high hopes. Um, and pretty much since almost after the – well, since the new year, it, it, it's been this, this cloud looming over the Pelicans that uh, of injuries that, that won't allow them to, to uh, be as good as they should. We still haven't seen the core group all together – for a substantial amount of time to see exactly what the Pelicans actually have. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, I, I'm with you totally on the way they've ended. If they win tonight, they'd basically be a 500 team in their last, what, 15, 16 games or so. So, I think, and, and with nobody. I mean, nobody right. available. So, I think that speaks to the character of the team. So, I think that the character shows something and says something about this but if you were to like assign letter grades as if we were in school i think you'd have to give this an i for incomplete i couldn't yes. pass any further judgment on it beyond that david i i completely agree with that i is is definitely the grade because um you just you, there's just a lot of unknown you, you have a superstar like anthony davis who who really took a huge step forward in, in a number of categories leadership and and playing and 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 just you know character everything but how does he play now with that big step forward with guys all available you got Tyreek who stepped his game up showed that he's better starter than he is coming off the bench so to speak and then Drew Holiday so the the, the thing we've talked about all this this last half of the season has been, well, this score is out, this score is out, this score is out. Well, Anthony Davis averaged 20 and 10. Those are elite numbers. Will he average 20 and 10? Are there enough balls for him to still average 20 and 10 in almost three blocks? Or does Ryan getting his shots, Drew getting his shots, Tyree scoring the way he can score? Does that take away to where he's still just a 15 and 10 guy or a 13 and 10 guy? Do you have five guys around 13? And none of them make the all-star because their numbers aren't good enough. But they're playing on a team that has a lot of guys who can score, can put the ball in the basket. Uh, it's going to be an interesting season, an interesting dynamic next year, how these guys have to defer. And will they be okay with deferring to the next guy? Will this be a team effort? Do you have to move one of those guys? Something to think about. It is something to think about. And, and the next question there would be, would you trade would you would the trade off let me phrase this right is the trade off uh having an all star in Anthony Davis at twenty and ten or have guys uh getting it done as a group with lots of weapons and you're a playoff team i mean isn't that the the further goal of this franchise oh absolutely absolutely, but you know when you get a taste of success you you want that. And the, the best thing that about Anthony Davis, at least uh, by way of his mouth, 
is that he's worried about team success over his own. And that's going to be huge going into the next season because if he's truly worried about team success, he's going to do, he's going to appear to do less, even though basketball minds will know that, yeah, he's, he's still dominating. He's still in the clutch, the guy you go to, he's still leading this team. And, that will be great because, yes, going into the playoffs with weapons as many as it would seem the Pelicans have would be awesome. Who do you stop mm-hmm. each and every night? Some other guy is going to have 20, 25 points, and you're, you're not going to know which guy is going to do that. So it would be fun, a lot of guys involved, and I think they would enjoy playing that way. Yeah, I I, you know what? In all this, I didn't even mention Eric Gordon, another – you know, anywhere from 13 to 18-point score. Well, depending on where the – I mean, there's only so many balls to go around, as you said. So, right. and, and I will say this about Eric Gordon. Um, while he has taken a lot of knocks, uh, I will say this. I think that he grew as a player this year in deferring more to Anthony Davis and others. I thought he played a different role uh, in this – this year of his career than ever before, one that was more complimentary to those who were ready to lead the way, perhaps. And, and, and that's huge. That's huge because if you think about it, he's been the guy 18 to 20 a game. Tariq's been the guy, you know, starting 17 to 20 a game. Uh, now Anthony Davis has had a taste of being the guy 20 and 10. You got Ryan Anderson, who, who any night could go for 30. So for for Eric Gordon to take that step and defer to guys, yeah. I'm, you know, again, the, the average fan may not realize, oh, he's only averaging 14. You know, what's wrong with him? Well, nothing's wrong with him. He, he's, he's playing well. He's a tough guy to stop. He's got a lot of offensive ability. There are just a lot of guys out there who can get it done. And depending on who the plays are called for, who's hot, it may not be your night. And you may seem to a lot of people inconsistent, where maybe that's not the case. It's just a lot of weapons out there. Anthony Davis is certainly the lead story for this franchise for the season. I just got done with my uh, NBA awards ballot, and I made Anthony Davis my most improved player, and I also put him on the all-defensive first team. Um, do you want to argue me off of those, or do you want to agree with me on those two choices? Well, as much as I like to argue with you, yeah. I, I have to agree. I would love to to have some great argument for you that oh no, you're ridiculous. No, I don't have one. I don't I don't have my Stephen A. Smith on right now. You're absolutely right. Alright. Uh, league MVP, who do you got? I think it's, I think it's tough to pick I think it's tough to to argue uh, that, um, that 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 pretty good guy Kevin Durant. <laughs> I think that's his name. Uh, it would be the league MVP this year with what he did without uh, Westbrook. Uh, his ability, his shot making ability, his his dominance, his scoring, uh, putting up numbers that haven't been seen since Jordan did it. Um, I don't, I don't know how you don't, and they're going to be a 60-win team. I, oh, no, they're not. Nope, one shot. Yep. Yes, indeed. You know what? I said that the other night before the game. Joel was saying, 
they win these last two games, they'll be 60 win back to back. And I said, well, they're going to win 59 because the Pelicans are going to beat them. Not really thinking that the Pelicans were going to beat them. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's in- go. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just saying, here we go. They won. Yeah. And, and I agree with you on Durant being the MVP. And by the way, the whole 60 win thing, and I know you had the stat the other night too, it really hit me that the Clippers could become the first Western Conference team to go back-to-back 60-win seasons since the Mavericks in 05 through 07. And I kept thinking, gosh, with the Spurs and the Lakers in there and all that, only four other Western Conference teams had ever done it, and here we were putting the thunder in that conversation, which is now moot. But um, I found that to be awfully strange, or how elite that is to put together back-to-back 60-win seasons. Yeah, it's it's very elite, and 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 if you look at the Spurs last fifteen years, that's what I mean. They're fifty seven, fifty eight, sixty, fifty seven, fifty five, mm-hmm. fifty. I mean, they're right there. But sixty is uh, twenty two games in a season to lose. Yeah. That, that's, the, that's not a ton out of 82. No, that's the platinum standard. I mean, there's the gold standard, yeah. and then there's the platinum standard. There's no doubt. Uh, even though this is the last day of the regular season, this I'm sure won't be the last Wesley Wednesday because I'm going to want your thoughts during the playoffs. But I will put you on the spot today. Um, I will put okay. you on the spot. Who wins the whole thing in June? That is the, the that is, that's a long, dramatic pause there, David Wesley. I, I know, and it does, it's not good for uh... – for a podcast, huh? No, it uh, works. Everything I, works in a podcast. Everything works? Yeah, no, uh, I, there are no rules. Um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this, and of course you have your front runners and, and, and all this. I, and dare I say, San Antonio Spurs get there again. Now, see, I said the same thing. I said, this is it. This is, I mean, and everybody's been saying this is their last shot, this is their last shot, but they came so close last year. They were so dynamic this year during the regular season. I just, I think they do it. And, you know, Doc Rivers and says. they continue to win. What's that? They continue to win every year. They oh, continue yeah. to win. 50, I mean, what, they're 56 or 7 games again this year. I mean, just, they continue to get it done. And everybody wants to count them out. Why? I, I don't see any reason to. They're a playoff team. They've been there before. They've been uh, to the finals. I mean, like, all those guys are ready. And their bench is powerful. They're they're not a huge, you know, like like teams that shoot a lot of threes don't win championships. I agree. They and they don't. I mean, well, they have a great system. They shoot more than they've ever shot before. Right. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. But I still think they they don't necessarily depend on it like a lot of teams. Here's the here's the only thing I'll throw out there to to throw you and I off the thing because you and I obviously are are agreeing on the Spurs here. I think the East is going to implode on itself. But my only concern about our prediction here, David, in the West is that I think that the top eight in the West are so good that this tournament is going to be brutal. I mean brutal as far as physicality, length of series goes. And sometimes when that happens, when there's a big pile of you-know-what there after everybody's been beating up on each other, somebody strange could come out of that mess. That's my only that's the only thing I want to throw onto the onto the fire here, and 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 I and I completely understand that point, except for tried and tested, yeah, by the Spurs. Mm-hmm. They've been there, they've done that, and 
barring any major injury in the playoffs, I still think in a seven-game series with, with the coach they have in Popovich, they are going to be a tough out. And even even when it comes to the East, who the top two teams in the East aren't playing well at all. Um, Miami's not completely healthy at all. I just, I, I man, it, it's hard to pick another team that will beat them in a seven-game series. Great point. Let's finish on that. Um, last uh, telecast tonight for you for the regular season. What are you pulling out of the closet? Uh, I'm, I'm keeping it simple. You know, uh, uh, nothing nothing too dramatic. Uh, maybe a little pink and black. Um, just because I'm, I'm tired of looking for suits and shirts and ties. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going with something that's easy. It's been a long, it's been a long 75 game for, for, for the Fox Sports group. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And, uh, and I'm glad that we're ending on such a hard-hitting story here at the very end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, my friend. I'll see you tonight. I appreciate it. No, absolutely. It's been it's been great, and I look forward to uh, the next couple of weeks talking playoffs. Yeah, and the next time that we can have a phone call that thousands can listen in on, like this one today, it'll be great. Yes, yes. absolutely. David Wesley here with us on the Black and Blue Report. The Wesley Wednesday continues from our Smoothie King studio, Center Studios right after this. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Our draft series continues on this Wednesday. It's getting close, isn't it? May 8th will be right around the corner, and our series takes us to pick number 12, and that's the New York Giants, who uh, have a former Saint now in the fold and Charles Brown. But with with us uh, today is Michael Eisen from Giants.com. Michael, greetings from New Orleans. I hope you're well up there in New York. Uh, we are, although it is uh, unseasonably cold here today. It's uh, not fun. Well, I would say that I would say that it's unseasonably cold in the 40s here today, but maybe that's not so fair. So, um, no. no. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Michael, the the Giants here at number 12. When you look at what New York has to do this off season, what have they done, and how does it relate to what they might do in the first round of the NFL draft? Well, the Giants have had really the busiest off season of any NFL team. Uh, We've signed 14 free agents who played elsewhere last season, which is uh, very uncharacteristic uh, for the Giants. Um, but we did have 23 uh, unrestricted free agents, so we had a lot of uh, spots to fill. Now, we've re-signed 10 of those, too. So we've really made 24 roster moves ready, 
And uh, we're not finished yet, obviously, with the draft coming up, and we're still uh, looking at players. So uh, it's almost harder to figure out what the Giants are going to do at number 12 of the draft because they have addressed a lot of needs. So are they going to continue to, uh, you know, build where they've already signed four players at the offensive line or in the defensive secondary, or are they going to go where they haven't really done anything, which is at wide receiver or uh, tight end? So, uh, you know, there's so many different possibilities for the Giants, and the Giants are traditionally a take-the-best-player-on-the-board team. Michael, when you talk about all that turnover, uh, it seems to me that the Giants could be drastically improved or drastically in trouble for a lot of criticism there in a, in a hot media market. Which way do you think it's going to go? Well, uh, I certainly <laughs> like to think we'll be drastically improved, but I really believe that. Uh, I think the two... Uh, areas uh, where we struggled the most last year were uh, offensive line and defensive backfield. Uh, as you know, you just cannot win in the NFL without a good offensive line. You have no chance. And we were really uh, weakened considerably by injuries on the line last year. Uh, we have signed four free agent offensive linemen, including Charles Brown, as you mentioned. Uh, one of them is Jeff Schwartz, uh, who played last year with the Chiefs, who's going to start at left guard. In addition, we get back Chris Snee, a four-time Pro Bowl right guard who played in just three games last year uh, before undergoing hip and elbow surgery. So uh, we anticipate being much stronger in the offensive line, which really should uh, should improve the entire offense. And the same goes uh, uh, in the secondary where we sign uh, uh, three players or four players, notably uh, Dominique rogers Cromarty. You know, the top tier cornerback, a former Pro Bowl quarterback, cornerback, excuse me. So, yeah, I certainly think that uh, these additions, I'm not going to sit here and say, look, 14 guys are going to come in and make a huge impact on this team. But I think we have addressed the two areas where we we were really lacking last year. Michael Eisen from Giants.com with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Michael, most folks that I've talked to around the league now that have participated in this very series that you're a part of today uh, seem to think that there's a wealth of talent. Uh, in this draft, and especially for those who are picking, you know, here in the top 15 or so. It sure seems to me like most everybody thinks they can get a playmaker out of this deal. You agree? Oh, absolutely. Uh, From everything that that I've heard, and, you know, I'm hardly alone, everyone's heard that this is really uh, the deepest draft in in a long time, and uh, that is really uh, across a, a wide spectrum of positions, uh, if you have needs at, at one of several spots, you should be able to get a, a good player in this draft. And certainly the Giants at number 12, um, I mean, we expect to get a player that's going to come in and, and uh, contribute immediately. Uh, I, again, at what position, I, I, I don't really know. But, uh, you know, it, we expect uh, to, get a, to get a good player, not just in the first round, but uh, it, deeper in the draft, second, third, and even fourth round. Michael, what about the press or the fans up there? Are there names being thrown around that would make them very happy? Well, you know, uh, fans always want playmakers. And uh, and and uh, the letters I get to, to Giants.com, uh, the, the fans are a little frustrated because they think that we have not uh, gotten Eli Manning enough weapons. Like, where, where's the wide receiver? Where's the tight end? Uh, we, we, we signed a running back and Rashad Jennings, but we're still a little thin at running back. And uh, the fans, uh, you know, I, it's no, no hiding the fact that Eli had a, a, a difficult season last year. He was not at his best. 
I mean, a lot of that, I believe, was because he didn't have a very good offensive line in front of him, but there's no question that Eli struggled last year, and the fans want to see the Giants get playmakers for Eli, someone he can throw the ball to, someone he can hand the ball off to. So I'm sure if you polled our fans, uh, they would say an offensive skill player. That's who they want. So if the Giants drafted a cornerback or like a defensive tackle, there might be an uprising <laughs> in the big city? Uh, yeah, there could be a mutiny here. There may be a march on East Rutherford if that happens. But uh, I think uh, having said that, uh, we, we do have sophisticated fans, and they're well aware that we lost Linval Joseph, who was our top defensive tackle last year. He signed with the Vikings. So we do have a hole at defensive tackle. Uh, you know, we have addressed that a little bit in free agency, but uh, that you know the defensive line, which is traditionally a giant strength, we've lost Linval Joseph uh, and Justin Tuck this off season. So, uh, and, and as I said earlier, we are traditionally a best player on the board team uh, in the first round, uh, and even second, third. So, uh, if the best player when we go to pick at number twelve is a defensive tackle, uh, then we'll take the defensive tackle. I mean, we took uh, uh, you know. Uh, Pierre Paul, when we already had Tuck and OC Yumanura. So we'll take uh, players at positions where we already have good players. Yeah, that sounds familiar down here, too. Michael Eisen with us from Giants.com. One more scenario for you, Michael, uh, and that would be this. With the luxury of having filled some needs in the offseason through free agency, which it sounds like the Giants have done, would the Giants be a willing participant in someone else trying to move up the draft or be a trade partner for somebody else along those lines? Uh, I would say, um, you know, that question comes up every year at uh, Jerry Reese's uh, pre-draft news conference. And, uh, you know, he, his standard answer is, you know, we'll investigate uh, any possibility. My own feeling is it would be unlikely that we would trade out of 12. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, we haven't made the playoffs in four of the last five years. The one year we did make it, we won the Super Bowl, but it's still four out of five, and that really uh, – is a very a very sore point around here, and I think that they think they can get an impact player at 12. I think that if there is a trade, and traditionally uh, this is what we've done, we trade later in the round. If we see somebody, you know, in the third, fourth round that we like, then we'll make the trade. But we usually do not trade in the first round. Great stuff, Michael. I hope it warms up for you there soon in New York City. Thank you very much, John. No problem. Michael Eisen with us from... Giants.com as our NFL Draft Preview Series continues. And we'll continue on this edition of the Black and Blue Report. Dan Evans reporting live on the street for Newsbeat. People all across Louisiana are going crazy over getting their refund check. Reporter dude, I just got my refund check totally awesome. It seems a bit early to be getting a tax refund check, but wait, I just got word from the control room that refund check is a new scratch-off from the lottery where you could win up to $4,000. You can get your refund check at any lottery retailer, but you must be at least 21 to purchase. Refund check from the lottery rocks. Dude. There's no better time to join your Pelicans as we take flight. All-star Anthony Davis is taking his team to the next level, and the Pelicans are soaring to new heights. 2014-15 season tickets are on sale now and start at less than $300, with lower bowl options as low as $37 per game. Season ticket benefits include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions, and much more. Take flight with the Pelicans. For more info, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. 
Tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, we'll, of course, recap the uh, final game for the Pelicans this season. Uh, there'll be a recap, hopefully, of a win over the Houston Rockets for you tomorrow. Uh, ben Grubbs of the New Orleans Saints is scheduled to appear on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. And as they say uh, in the open, uh, you never know who else might stop by. So we'll see how Thursday goes tomorrow. Hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday. Don't forget, coverage on the television tonight starts at 6.30 uh, with Fox Sports New Orleans. And on the radio, it's a straight up 7 o'clock for coverage all along the New Orleans Pelicans radio network. There are some tickets still remaining for the fantastic finale at Smoothie King Center tonight. There are a couple of giveaways, and uh, there are some big-time incentives uh, for season ticket holders to be uh, heavily involved in tonight's ball game as well. All those details can be found at pelicans.com. Our thanks to Michael Eisen from Giants.com today and David Wesley, too, for being a part of our podcast. Thanks to you for listening, and thanks to, of course, Daniel Salerson for helping us put it all together. And until tonight at the Smoothie King Center, I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. Every year, people whose statistics say would die from a serious health problem come to Auctioner and live. To us, nothing proves quality more than saving a life no one else could. In fact, on average, statistics say patients who come here are more likely to survive than at other hospitals in the state. Incredible outcomes aren't just happening at one hospital either. Seven of the top hospitals in the state for survival rates are Auctioner. We are also Louisiana's only hospital ranked by U.S. News & World Report in eight different specialties and number one in the country by CareCheck's for liver transplant. It's no wonder people from all over the world come here. A higher quality of care. One more reason to choose Auctioner. And with hospitals and health centers all over the region, connecting is as easy as finding the Auctioner name. Learn more about why quality matters at auctionerquality.org. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind.